Good morning. Hope you're doing well. Um, this morning, I've got a word I want to share with you. We've been talking about your words and your, the, the power of your words. Life and death is in the power of the... Okay, you remember that. If you got your Bible, go to Matthew chapter 15. But I, was, I happened to read this this morning in a devotional. I might have been reading ahead. Um, but he was talking about words in there. Just so happened. And he, he said this. This is Kenneth Hagin said this. He said, your children are products of your words. I thought, ooh, kind of kind of got me just a little bit. And I got to thinking, you know, and maybe he said this too, but your, your home is a product of your words too. You can think in the, just in the natural sense. If you, if you say an unkind word to your spouse as you're on your way out the door, how you feel all day? How you feel when you think about your spouse and you get that, you know, that word, that unkind thing that you said. You come home and now you come home into that environment. So you see how your home is really a product of your words, just even in the natural way of thinking. But your life is controlled by your mouth. I'll say it again. Your life is controlled by your mouth. And listen, it's so important that we get a hold of this because God has given us instructions on how to live. If, you, if we'll do what he said, things can go well. When we don't do what he says, things don't go well. Isn't that the truth? And so let's look at this today. I want you, I actually, I picked up a book the other day. Just let me share this. I picked up a book I had found somewhere, and it was, uh, had some little short stories by the famous Greensboro author, O. Henry. Right? You've heard of O'Henry, not just the candy bar anymore. He's an author too. And he wrote this story, and I thought it was so appropriate. He wrote about a woman who, it was, I think, during the 1890s, he wrote this story, and she had come down with pneumonia. And there was really no cure at the time. The doctor came to see her at her little apartment where she and her roommate were living, and the doctor looked at her and, and, and didn't look very good. He came out and he told the roommate, he said, She's maybe a one in 10 chance of survival. He said, but it depends on her. It depends on her. And so her roommate went to check on her, and she seemed very depressed. She tried to get her to eat, but she wouldn't eat. She was just staring out the window. She tried to encourage her a little bit. Hey, what do you want to do in the, in the spring when it warms up, you know, and the winter's finally over? And she just, just didn't really have anything to say. She just stared out the window. And finally, after a minute, she said, she said a word. She said, 12. 12, and, she, and she, her roommate looked out the window. She's counting something. I can't see what it is. And she tried to encourage her. She made some soup. The roommate would not eat. And then after a minute, she said, 11. What are, you, what are you counting? I don't see anything. And she said, I'm counting the leaves on that vine. And when the last one falls, so will I. Isn't that depressing? But that's how a lot of people act, isn't it? Oh, woe is me. I feel so bad. But you know what? The doctor came to check on her a couple days later. He said, she's gotten worse. He said, maybe she's got a one in, uh, one in 50 chance. It's, it's not looking good. And her roommate was, was very upset. I'll tell you the rest of the story in a minute. But I, it really got me thinking because I feel like it kind of relates to the time we're living in. Someone told me just the other day after I had been talking about words on Sunday, someone caught me on Monday and said, you know, I was talking to a friend and they told their dad, dad, don't you get COVID or you'll die. Dad, don't get COVID. She said, I must have told him 10 times, don't you get COVID or you'll die. You guess what happened? He got COVID. Guess what happened to him? 
He died. Your words have power. Your words carry some weight with them. How dare we speak anything other than what the Word of God says? So this girl, she determined she was going to die. So listen, Jesus talked about our words. In fact, he talked in the parable of the sower. Remember the parable of the sower? He said, the sower goes out and he sows. What does he sow? The Word. And in some instances, the word grows and produces fruit. And I I thought about this, you know, in the same way that the word of God produces fruit, a lie can grow the same way. And a lie can grow and produce fruit in your life. You don't want to eat it, but it will produce something. Because every word is a seed. Every word is a seed that will produce so listen, once, if you, if you hear a lie, here's what happens. It grows inside you until it produces something. And once it grows inside you, do you know what happens? It begins to come out of your mouth. And once it comes out of your mouth, that thing is rooted. That thing is growing. That thing has you. Some people have been believing lies about themselves. Listen, we grow up, I'm going to talk about this some more, but we grow up hearing words spoken over us, don't we? And some people grow up believing a lie. You know, maybe just even in a, in a very simple way, maybe it's something. I remember somebody told me one time, I think it was my grandmother, she said, you know, I was trying to learn Spanish in, in school. I really struggled with that. I still struggle. I, I tried to learn it even as I struggled with it. And I said to my grandma, I can't, I cannot get this Spanish thing. And she said, you know, people in our family just don't, we just don't know, we, we don't learn languages easily. That doesn't make any sense, but that's what she told me. You know what I believed? Well, it just doesn't come easy for me. And you know, I struggled. That was my worst class in school. I'm embarrassed about the grade I got in that class, but I struggled with it. You know, but the word produced something in me, and it could be some kind of word that was spoken over your life. It produces something because you start thinking about it. It starts growing. You believe it. And there's a lot of Christians that are trapped in their lives by lies that have been spoken to them and about them. And they believed it. The enemy, listen, the enemy can use people in your life who are well-meaning. Bless their hearts. Doesn't mean they're bad people, but they're listening to the wrong thing. And so they're speaking the wrong thing, and it's up to you not to believe it. How do I know if it's the truth or a lie? If it lines up with this word, it's true. If it doesn't, don't have anything to do with it. So here's what I feel the Lord speaking to you today. In Matthew chapter 15, and I'm going to read this from the Passion Translation. It says in verse 10, Jesus turned to the crowd and said, Come listen, open your heart to understand. What truly contaminates a person is not what he puts into his mouth, but what comes out of his mouth. That's what makes people defiled. His disciples never seem to catch anything, do they? Um, First, they came and said, did you know the Pharisees were offended? Because he was talking about their traditions. He was talking, they were asking about, why don't your disciples wash hands before they eat and stuff like that? I do recommend that. But they weren't doing it. He said, "What's your disciples aren't keeping the traditions. And he says, look, it's not what goes in, but what comes out that really matters. And so then in verse 13, Jesus replies, every, now listen, this is, I want you to catch this, every plant my heavenly father didn't plant is destined to be uprooted. 
I believe we're in a time, we're in a season where God wants to uproot some stuff out of your life. If you've got anything in your heart, anything that's been growing in you, any kind of seed that the father didn't plant, whatever it might be, it might be a tradition that you think is a good tradition, but God didn't put it there. It's time for some things to be pulled out. You got me? He goes on, he says, stay away from them. The the Pharisees, they're, they're nothing more than blind guides. Don't you know what happens when a blind man pretends to guide another blind man? They both stumble into a ditch. Peter spoke up. Will you explain this to us? Dummy, right? Verse 16, come on, Peter. Even after all this that I've taught you, you still remain clueless. Is it hard to understand that whatever you eat goes into the stomach and passes out into the sewer? Jesus is being very blunt. Maybe you got a septic tank. That's where the stuff goes. But what comes out of your mouth reveals the core of your heart. Words can pollute, not food. You catch what he's saying here. What comes out of your mouth is what pollutes your life. What comes out of your mouth is what defiles your life because out of your mouth is what's in your heart. Whatever is coming out of your mouth is what you believe. Whatever seed that's been sown into your heart that's growing, that's the fruit it's going to produce. So I believe the Lord in this season wants to uproot some stuff. Listen, we got to get our believing right. Amen? Some of us, we're we're working on the speaking, and that's good, but it, it comes from the believing. Throw that up there, Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. You know this scripture. Therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, I urge, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, pleasing to God, which is your spiritual worship. Go to the next one. Don't be conformed to this age, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. So when I get my mind renewed, what does that mean? I get a, I get a new mind. I get new thoughts in there. See, I've been hearing the world, like Rick was talking about on the news and all that. I've been hearing what the world's got to say, but when I start getting the word into me, I've got his thoughts in me. My mind's getting renewed, and that allows me to be transformed because now I'm not thinking like the world. I'm thinking like God. When I'm not thinking like the world, that means I'm not speaking like the world because if I speak like the world, I'll get the world's results. Mm, Come on. That's good preaching. If I speak like the world, I'm going to get the world's results. But when I speak like God, I'm going to get God's results. Come on. He wants to do some stuff in your life, but you got to let him. People get so bent out of shape. Why why is God allowing this? Why is God doing this? They get mad at God, some people. You know, some people are mad at God today. They won't come to church because they're mad at God because something's been happening in their lives, but they don't recognize the fact that God's given them what they need to take care of some situations and to take care of some things, but they've been speaking the wrong things over their lives for so long that all they're seeing is the same results. But if they would just change, listen, so we blame God, but really God's put it on us to speak his word. So we got to get our thinking right. We got to get our minds renewed. Look at, look at John chapter 8, verse 42. And I'm going somewhere with this this morning. Jesus said, if God were your father, now he's talking to the Pharisees who are always arguing with him and complaining and stuff. He said, if God were your father, you'd love me because I came from God and I'm here. 
But I, for I didn't come on my own, but he sent me. Why don't you understand what I say? Because you can't listen to my word. Now listen to what he says to these guys. You are of your father, the devil. Wow. He, he, he was a pretty hardcore preacher. And you, that's not how you grow a church, Jesus. And you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, and he's not stood in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he tells a lie, he speaks from his own nature because he's a liar and the father of lies. you got to understand something. When the world speaks, now I'm not being ugly here, but when the world speaks, who is Jesus saying they're speaking after? Their own father, the devil. Don't be upset at the media. Be upset at yourself for listening to it. Don't be upset at the politicians. You be upset at yourself for listening to them. Oh, they lie all the time. Well, they're of their father. Why'd you vote for them? Maybe you didn't. I don't know. Um, you get what you get, but you got to be careful what you listen to. Jesus says, because I tell you the truth, you don't believe me. Who among you can convict me of sin? If I tell the truth, why don't you believe me? The one who's from God listens to God's words. This is why you don't listen, because you're not from God. So listen, here's what he's saying. If you're from God, you got to listen to his words. If you're from the devil, well, then you listen to the world because they'll tell you what the devil says. Lies. From the very beginning, he was a liar, wasn't he? All the way back in the garden, he said this to Eve, did God really say? And what does he want you to do? I wonder, did God really say that? Is that really, what? but what did he really, what did he mean by that? You know, what, I wonder if God really intended for me to believe this stuff. I just, you know what I mean? So he gets you to question God. He's a liar. The truth is not in him. But if you're from God, you'll listen to God. So listen, I, and I want you to catch this this morning. The world will lie to you and they'll lie about you. I, I believe this. I said this earlier, but the devil will use people to speak to you and tell you some stuff, you know? And again, as I'm not hating on people. It could be well-meaning people that love you, but they're saying the wrong things because they're not saying what this word says. They don't mean, I'm not condemning anybody, but they're not listening to the right source. So we hear things growing up. We hear lies about ourselves. Look at the story of Jacob, Genesis chapter 32. Jacob was born grabbing the heel of his brother, right? And so what did they name him? They named him heel grabber, Jacob. I'm not, I'm not, nothing wrong with the name Jacob. But that's what they called him. You're a heel grabber, which, may, which means deceiver, also translates. Again, nothing wrong with Jacob. But that's what they called him, you're a deceiver. And so what did he grow up believing? He believed the lies that were spoken over him. I'm a deceiver. I'm a liar, I'm a trickster. And he grew, up, he grew up acting like that. So until one night, here he is alone. And he's made some shady deals with his brother and now his brother wants to kill him. He's coming back home for the first time in years and he's afraid, you would be too. And he's sitting there by a creek with his family behind him. He's wondering what's going to happen. He's just so unsure. He can't sleep. He's got that 
feeling that just won't let you sleep, and he's just worried, and he's just, maybe he's anxious, and all this stuff is happening, and he sees somebody. He said, oh, no, my brother's coming to get me. He doesn't know who it is. Maybe it's a spy or something. So he runs, he grabs a hold of this guy, and they start a wrestling match. And they wrestle, and they wrestle all night. I mean, it's, it must be, I don't know what's going on, the amount of energy it must take to wrestle all night long. He's just wrestling and wrestling, and he won't let the guy go. Finally, the guy, it's the word of God says, he, he strikes him or he touches his hip. And when he touches him, his hip is dislocated. I, now, it takes a lot of force to dislocate a hip. It's usually some kind of like a, a big fall if you're a healthy person. It takes a big amount of force to just dislocate your hip, but that's what he did for the rest of his life. Jacob would limp because of, what that, because of that encounter. And when he touches him, Jacob realizes this isn't just an ordinary guy here. This, this must be, he thinks it's God in the flesh. Come down to, to wrestle with him. And so the, the God or the angel, whatever it is, he says, let me go. And Jacob says, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Unless you bless me, I'm not, because if I let you go, my brother's gonna come kill me. If I let you go, I, I'm not gonna have what I need. So he's desperate. Go to that next verse. Do you have 27? So the angel or God says, what's your name? What's your name? And the man asks, he responds, Jacob, your name will no longer be Jacob. Your name will no longer be Jacob. It will be Israel because you've struggled with God and you've prevailed. So listen, I want you to catch something because God reveals something to him. He doesn't necessarily at this moment change his name. He reveals his name to him. Whoa, listen, his name, his people called him Jacob. I don't believe God ever called him that because God does not have any deceivers in his family. Listen, so he revealed his name to him. Wow, so God says, look, I don't call you like the world calls you. I don't call you what the devil's been calling you. I don't call you all these things that people have put on you. I call you Israel because you're somebody who takes hold of God. Listen, I want you to understand something today. I, I, God does not call you what the world calls you. I spoke, I spoke to youth a lot for many, many years, youth and, and young adults and stuff, and I was always just, this message was just so passionate in my heart because I believe our young people have grown up in a society where, where parents, God bless them, sometimes we say the wrong things to our kids, don't we? But even beyond that, into the school systems, into the, into the world. They're hearing the wrong things. That's why we have so much confusion today where a boy doesn't even know if he's a boy or if he's a girl or he can't play with Mr. Potato Head because it might confuse him. And that's the world we live in. They're so confused. And, there's just, and, and what we do is we have, yes, that's right. That's right. You don't have to be a boy, three-year-old. Johnny, you can be a girl if you want to. You can be anything. It doesn't make sense because it's, it's the world is full of lies. And they go to a school system where they teach them evolution. And at the very heart of evolution, it means, it really is saying this, your life doesn't matter. Because if all of this, if all of this is just an accident, that means you're just an accident. And maybe some, maybe some kids grew up even hearing that from their family, you're an accident. You never should have, we never should have had you. You know, and they grow up thinking that oh, my life is an accident. And if my life is an accident, there's no purpose. But listen, God doesn't make accidents. 
God made you on purpose and hit the word of God says he even chose the very time and the very place for you to be born. God was involved in bringing you here to this earth, not man. It, you are not an accident. And I've said this before and I'll probably say it again. You were made on purpose for a purpose. But listen, God does not call you what the world calls you. He doesn't speak about you like the world speaks. There's even a, a scripture in Revelation, and I love this so much, that when it says, to him who overcomes, he'll receive a white stone. And on the stone is, in, is engraved a name that only he knows. And I love that because it it's just speaks to our identity. It's the fact that God doesn't call you whatever the world calls you. He's got a name that's known only to him, and that's what he calls you. Because sometimes we, again, we grow up with this identity on us. But listen, I want you to understand something today. Young people, old, older people, it doesn't matter what the world said about you. It doesn't matter. Everything that's been spoken over you that isn't from God, it's going to be uprooted. God wants to pull some stuff out of you and reveal to you what he speaks about you and what, he, what his words over your life are. Because he made you on purpose for a purpose. Are you with me this morning? Come on. I was just going to town. I don't even know where I am in my notes, but that's okay. Listen, you need to declare who you are in Christ Jesus. You need to declare. I spoke to my class, my uh, students the other day. You need to declare that you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Because the world will tell you you're not. The devil will tell you you're not. But the word of God says he's made you the righteousness of God. Because if I think I'm anything less, I can't, I can't approach God. I can't come boldly. I come like a beggar, you know, in the, in the presence of a king. Have you heard that song? Demonic little song on Caleb. I'm just a beggar in the presence of a king. Shut up. No, you're not. The word of God says you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Listen, the devil keeps people living under because they, they won't confess who they are. They confess who they used to be. Wow, I used to be this. I used to, I feel so bad. I used to do this and that. Shut up, that man died. You were, you were, you died and you've been made a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things become new. Come on, do you think Paul walked around feeling depressed all the time because he, he was there when they killed Stephen and he used to persecute the church and oh, I'm such a, just an unworthy creature. I, that man died. Come on. Amen. Calm down, Pastor Dave. The world speaks lies. It tears people down. Listen, I, wanna, I want you to hear this too. The world loves when people are down. You ever notice that? They never put anybody on the news when they do something good. Oh, guess what this guy did? Oh, we're going to put him all. We want to talk about because they love when people are down. They get so happy because this world is, fuel, is fueled by hate and bitterness. The world is literally fueled by hate. The enemy uses hate to keep you from your assignment. Because listen, if you'll listen to that kind of stuff, you know what you do? It's easy to pick up other people's offenses. It's easy to pick up other people's bitterness. The devil knows he can't stop you. Only you can stop you. And if you let bitterness in, look what it says in Hebrews 12, 15. If you give in to, to hate, bad feelings, unforgiveness, there's, there's something called the root of bitterness. 
Because see, that hate will start to grow. He says this, make sure no one falls short of the grace of God and that no root of bitterness springs up, causing trouble by it and defiling many. In the Amplified Bible, it says this, that make sure that that doesn't come up. I'm just going to skip ahead a little bit because it takes so long. In order that no root of resentment or bitterness or hatred shoots forth and causes trouble and bitter torment, and the many become contaminated and defiled by it. So I want you to catch this. There's something called a root of bitterness. If I get upset at somebody, the first thing I want to do is tell somebody else. Guess what they did? Why do I want to do that? Because I want you to be mad with me. I'm not happy unless, unless everybody is mad at this person. And I, well, let's, let's cancel them. Can you believe they said that? Let's cancel it. Think about what a root does. A root is a source of life for a plant or a tree or whatever. It's the source. So God calls this root bitterness. Bitterness can produce all kinds of stuff in your life. There can, and I'm not saying every time there's something wrong, it's bitterness, but listen, it can produce things in your life. If you are a bitter person, it can begin to manifest in your health. And you can go to the doctor and treat the symptoms, symptoms, keep treating them, keep treating them. But until you attack the roots, listen, bitterness can affect every part of your life. It can affect your relationships with others because if I've allowed bitterness to come in, I might not even be mad at, at you, but I can't treat you right because I've got this bitterness inside me that's affecting everything I do. So instead of speaking kind words to you, I'm speaking anger, even though I'm not angry at you. I'm speaking out of a, a sense of hate and bitterness because that's what's growing in me. That's the only thing that come out. It can, it can affect your marriage. It can affect your family. It can affect every part of your life, your business, your work, because you can't get along with nobody because you've got a root inside you. And listen, every root the father didn't plant, it's going to be uprooted. But you gotta, you got to submit yourself now. Lord, show me if there's something growing in me. And notice what it says. It says, it defiles many. Many get defiled because of your bitterness. My kids will pick up on my bitterness. You know, the people, my, my, my friends will pick up on my bitterness. It just defi it defiles everybody. So you be careful. Don't you dare pick up somebody else's bitterness. If they come tell you something about something, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. The word of God says, believe the best about everybody. I don't want to believe what you're saying. Because there's a, there's a bitterness there. You better deal with that person. You better deal with that situation. Because it can affect every part of you. Come on. James says this, blessing and cursing should not come out of the same mouth. We're not put on this earth to curse. We're put on this earth to bless. You may not... You may not be happy with everybody, but that doesn't mean you're allowed to be bitter. You may not be happy with them, but does not mean you're allowed to curse. Because that thing will not affect them one bit. It will only affect you. You got to deal with you. So I want to tell you today, if you got something towards somebody else in you, you better let it go. You better, you know what you can do? I was reading this the other day. Somebody, somebody said... 
easiest, the best thing you can do is pray for somebody that you're mad at. Think of the person that you really dislike or that you've really had some kind of problem with. You pray for them today. Lord, bless them. I just release, I release whatever bad feelings I have toward them. I pray that you'd bless them. I pray that you'd prosper them, encourage them, strengthen them, whatever. You pray for them because you cannot continue to be mad at them if you're going to start praying for them like that. The bitterness will go. Amen. Let me keep going here. I want to try to wrap this up. They're going to start coming to playing and kicking me off the stage. We either got to speak like God. Oh, we got to either speak like God with our words or we speak like the devil. We either act like God with our words. Think about this. With our mouths, either we act like God or the devil. Because if you speak the devil's words, you are acting like him. You're speaking like him. You're thinking like him. But if you'll speak like God, you are acting like God. Psalm 39.1 says this, I'll guard my ways. I think I read this last week, so I may not sin with my tongue. I'll guard my mouth with a muzzle as long as the wicked are in my presence. Listen, the devil is waiting on your words, just like God's waiting on your words. God's waiting on your words to bring some good things into your life, and the devil's waiting on your words to bring some bad things because with your mouth, you give permission for things to happen in your life. With your mouth, you give permission for the enemy to come in. Oh, I guess I'm just gonna be, be sick and I just, I just feel sick as a dog and all. You just start, getting, you just start saying those things and, and what's, now what's happened? Where's faith? It's not there. Where's the word of God? It's not there. What have you been saying? Come on, devil. Why has the devil been after me? Because you've been letting him. Ooh. Refuse to say what the devil says. Speak like God speaks. When you start speaking like God, listen, there's going to be pressure that comes against you. The enemy is going to come against you when you start speaking God's words. That's what they did to Jesus. Did you know that? That's what they did to Jesus. They got so mad because he was talking like God. How dare you, a man, start talking like God? They didn't know who he was. Look at this in Mark chapter 3. I'm getting ready to close. Mark chapter 3, Jesus went home. But once again, a large crowd gathered around him, which prevented him from even eating a meal. When his own family heard that he was there, they went out to seize him, for they said, he's insane. That's his family, his mama, his brothers and sisters thought he was insane. Why? Because he was talking like God. Come on. The religious scholars who arrived from Jerusalem were saying, Satan's possessed that guy. He cast demons out by the authority of the prince of demons. You see what they were doing? They were criticizing him. Why? Because he spoke the words of God. He was speaking and doing what God had sent him to do, and so that made the devil mad. When you start speaking like God, now listen, I'm going to tell you this. When you start speaking like God speaks, people are going to get upset. When you, when you are in the middle of a crisis and you say, praise the Lord, I'm good. Everything is good because God's provided for me. I'm good because he's my healer. I'm good because all my needs are met. Well, what do you mean your needs are met? They're going to get mad at you. They're going to want to smack you. You're, are you insane? Everything's not good. Don't you see what you're going through? No, all I can see is Jesus. Come on. All I can see is what he's done. All I can see is the provision because I, I read it in the news. 
He provides, I got a stimulus package. He's taking care of me. Look at that, I, I don't have any needs because God's been so good to me. But you, got a better, you better start reading the right thing. But people are gonna get upset at you and say, you can't talk like that. Yes, I can. Don't you listen to anybody who tells you anything else. Don't you speak the lie, you only speak the truth. Start talking like God. Listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna close here. Why don't you stand up with me? When the, when the devil comes against you and people come against you, you act like Smith Wigglesworth when he was sleeping one night and his whole house started shaking. I've told this story, I love this story. His whole house started shaking and he got up and he went outside. He thought, what's going on? Is it an earthquake, is it a storm? What's going on? And it was just as calm as anything. He thought, isn't that strange? He closed the door and the house began to shake again and he turned around and there sitting in his living room, he says, was the devil. And do you know what most of us would have done? It's the devil, run! You know what he did? Oh, it's just you. And he went back to bed. It didn't, he didn't even cast him out, it's just you. When the devil comes against you, when people come against you and try to shut you up, Oh, it's just, it's just the devil. He's just up to his nonsense. I want to keep speaking the word. Don't you, be, don't you let your faith be shaken by what you see. Don't, you, don't let your faith be shaken by what you hear. You continue to speak the word only. Oh, I told you a story as we started. Remember that girl? I left her. I left her dying of pneumonia. And she... She kept counting those leaves, 10, nine, eight, got down to one leaf. It was her, it was her time. She said, oh, when that leaf falls, I'm done. The neighbor downstairs was kind of a grouchy old man, but he heard about what happened. He was an aspiring artist. He had a canvas. I'm telling an abbreviated form of the story, but he had a canvas sitting in his, in his living room for 25 years. He'd never once painted on it because that was, his, that was going to be his masterpiece. He just didn't know what to paint. He said, one day I'm going to paint my masterpiece. And so he heard what happened to this girl and he heard about how she was watching the leaves. And he said, I'm going to, I got to do something for this poor girl. You know, that girl sat up there watching those leaves. That she, she stood there watching that leaf every day for the next three or four or five days. That leaf didn't fall. Finally, she said, ah, I've, you know what? I've been stupid. If that leaf can hang on, so can I. And she, she said to her roommate, bring me some food. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get better. And she started eating and she started feeling better. And she said, I'm, you know what? When it warms up, I'm gonna, I'm gonna travel. I'm gonna do this. She started making plans. The doctor came and said, I, I don't know what happened. It's a complete turnaround. She's gonna be fine. He said, but I've got some sad news. The man downstairs has died of pneumonia. Oh no, that's so terrible. He said, it's the weirdest thing. He had gone outside. It was so cold out the other night. He went outside. They found where he had cut a trail through the bushes. He put up a ladder against the side of the building. Someone saw him with some paint, painting a leaf on a vine. Can you believe that? They said he finally painted his masterpiece. The leaf had fallen a long time ago. She just didn't know. Listen, I love that story because I feel like with our words, this is what we do. With our words, we bring life. With our words, we can be someone's masterpiece. Listen, the world has had a lot of things spoken over them. People around you, people you work with have had a lot of things spoken over them, but your words can be like that painting on a leaf. 
painting of a leaf. Your words can be a masterpiece to somebody else to bring life where they thought, man, I'm done. I got nothing left. When that thing falls, I'm dead. No, your words can come in and change a situation. Your words can change your life and somebody else's life. Your words can turn our situation around because listen, your words are not ordinary words. Your words are like Jesus's words, their spirit and their life. When you hear a word of encouragement, doesn't it go right inside you? You ever have a word spoken? You can just feel it on the inside. Come on, that's what a word can do. A word can get inside you to your spirit and encourage you. A word can lift you up. A word can, can take you into the presence of God. Sometimes it's just one word can bring a person to Jesus, one kind word. Listen, let your words be what God's words are. Let your words be truth. Speak the truth about people. Speak the truth about yourself. Speak the truth about your family. Let's pray right now, right where you are. Maybe you're watching today online and you say, that's, that's wonderful to hear about words, but I don't even know Jesus. Listen, you can, you can receive Jesus today. The word of God says, if you confess with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God's raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. It's with your mouth that you confess. It's with your heart that you believe. So today, if you want to receive Jesus just right where you are, you can raise your hand. Even if you're at home, just raise it to Jesus. Just say, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins and make me a new person. I give you my life today, Jesus. Listen, for the rest of you, Maybe you're here and you've had some things in your heart that you know need to be uprooted. You've had some things spoken over you. And even as I was talking about it, you could feel those things because they don't want to go. You can feel them in your heart tugging. No, I'm not going to go anywhere. Yes, in the name of Jesus, things are being uprooted. You, you need to take some action though. I want you to begin to declare what the word of God says over your life. I want you to say this with me right now. I am the righteousness of God. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm a child of God. I've been forgiven from my past and I've got a bright future ahead. There's nothing that can stop me because God has a purpose for me. And my words will be his words. I will speak his word about every area of my life. I'll speak his words to people I meet because I believe his word. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that you've given us your word that can turn our, our lives around. Lord, we thank you for your word today that we will be ambassadors of your word to speak the truth in a world that's covered, literally covered in the lies of the devil. I thank you, Lord, that the truth will set people free. The truth today is still making people free. And I thank you, Lord, that you've given us that mission to declare the word of God over people that we meet, over this world, over situations. Lord, we declare your word today. We thank you. Your word is greater in the name of Jesus. Somebody say amen.